The contents of our show have many references to alcohol and drinking. We want to acknowledge our friends in recovery and let them know we love you and support you. If you or someone you know is a person with substance use disorder, you can call 1-800-662-HELP. Sitters here, taxis not far, meet you at the closest bar. No toddler grass until sunrise, slowly sip that whiskey ride. Gather parents for it's near, it's time to hit that bottle of Hi! Hey there! Welcome to Hitting the Bottle. Salutations. Welcome to Hitting the Bottle. That's Alicia. That's I almost just I almost just said, that's Alicia Hardstark. That's Alicia Hardstark. <laughs> I have been adopted by Georgia and Vince, um, along with their new dog. They decided to take me as well. Uh-huh. Cookie, Cookie, the, Cookie the puppy and uh, Alicia the human. Yeah. And she started an Instagram about me as well. So. <laughs> Please stay tuned. Uh, and over here uh, is Sarah Kilgariff. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Here we are. <laughs> no. Woo. Anyway. Uh, ac- Did you know that uh, I actually... I to them too much. Oh, sorry. Do you know that I actually have you on my phone as Sarah Fox? So I almost just... <laughs> introduced you as Sarah Fox. <laughs> That's okay. I'm, I, I, did I tell you I wanted to get vanity plates and put Mama Fox on them? You should. You should absolutely do that. <laughs> I'm going to be that person. I, there's so many person. vanity plates here. I think it's necessary. Yeah. It's, it's like a total LA vibe. It's I, so LA. I used so. to want to have a dark blue um, bug, like a beetle. And I wanted to have my vanity plate say midnight blue. <laughs> <laughs> how cool is that <laughs> that you still should do that and we should make that dream a reality for you it's still a big dream of mine actually i think we can make this happen <laughs> everybody pitch in yeah, we're gonna do a go fund me yeah we're gonna start a GoFundMe, but not for the podcast just for just for, just for this dream this bug dream <laughs> how are you today um i'm feeling i'm feeling around a Six again today. Not even a wobbly six, like a kind of a solid six. Okay. I like it. Where are you at? Um, I'll say a six. I like six. I feel comfortable at six. I feel comfortable at six too. It's not high. I'm not I'm not I don't feel like I mean it's a high it's a good number. I don't I don't I don't feel high. Like I don't feel like I'm riding on the soul train here, yeah. but I do feel better than uh shit days. Yeah. Good. I actually yeah, right? I, like I actually want to change mine because I just remembered I, I first of all I'm excited for who we're recording with today in about four yes. minutes. Um but also I scheduled my first vaccine <laughs> and it's for Saturday. So Yay! I, I I'm doing a different place. First I was going at a place that was like an hour and a half away, which is fine. I would have driven a hundred miles, I don't care. Um I just want the damn shot, but um I got a call from somebody else today saying that I could go on Saturday in Boston. So I'm, That's so exciting. I'm so excited. I think I'm going to cry when they give me the shot. I think it's going to be the best day of my life. I'm just... Because it also, it hurts. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 0.001 seconds. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt at all. Yay! I know. I'm yeah. so excited. So we'll be all so you're, what are, you, are you at a nine now? 
Um, no, let's, let's, let's rock it at like a 7.5. <laughs> no, I thought you were going to say 6.5. No, the vaccine brought you up 0. 0.5. <laughs> um, hell yeah, we're both, I'm fully vaccinated post, post the two weeks. So I'm actually like officially, uh, it's all seeped in. It's yes. all in there and like legit. I'm in there. Backed I'm real. up. We love it. So, vaccinated AF. We're going to make sure. Vac- yes, we are. I, I, uh, we need to get those out. We need to talk about merch stuff. That can be off off the cut off the pod but uh i want to get we got to get that stuff up for people to buy man um but the samples that i ordered are just hanging out not getting fulfilled so that makes me nervous about other people buying it if it's going to take that long so anyway right um we'll have to figure that out but but we got stuff coming you saw previews um and we're excited about that but what i'm most excited about today is our guest who will be on here shortly um she is a drag queen little miss hot mess and uh we are going to ask her all the questions to kind of dive in but she um was one of the first queens to do drag queen story hour um which is a story time for children in libraries uh that drag queens read books and um, I believe in 2020, I'll have her, I'll have her get into it further. But I believe it was 2020 that the book came out. Uh, she herself wrote a children's book called "The Hips on the Drag Queen Go Swish Swish Swish." <laughs> and I got this book because, okay, and by I, um, just this little peach, this little sweet little peach hmm. named Alicia. Me? <laughs> uh, technically, it's Owens, I should say, but. Um, but so cool. it's great. It was the catalyst. Uh, it was a huge, it was the catalyst to this episode because it got, uh, I tagged Little Miss Hot Mess. She reached out, said she wanted to come talk on the podcast about the stuff that she does. And uh, I am a huge fan of the drag community. So uh, this is extremely exciting for me and for our listeners. And um, I can't wait to tell Owen also that I uh, talked to the writer of the book. Yeah. Because um, it's his, he just, dances around he knows the drag queens it's really cool it's really cool to see um but yeah so she should be hopping on shortly yes so exciting so exciting so here we are with little miss hot mess hello hey hi um obviously there's a few big things we want to talk about like your book and um kind of the history to like drag queen story hour I'm super interested in hearing so much more about that yeah I lived in New York and when I had my child it was like one of the first things my friend said to me was like you gotta go to drag queen story hour um and then I moved and I didn't make it and then the pandemic hit so it hasn't happened yet here we are (laughs) here we are um and then I saw a couple more things that I wanted to ask you, but as we as the conversation goes on, um, I think we can get to it. But if you want to get started and tell us about yourself, yeah. and uh... yeah, so I'm Little Miss Hot Mess. I'm a drag queen. I've been doing drag for I think about twelve or thirteen years at this point. Um, wow. I mean, in some ways, I've been doing it my entire life. Let's be real. I've right. always loved right, right. dressing up and performing, <laughs> and uh, you know, when I was a kid. My best friend was a little girl and I would wear her tutus and ballet outfits and things like that. Um, and in high school, I always liked doing theater and, and liked doing the drag parts. Like in A Midsummer Night's Dream, yeah. I got to do the drag part and, and stuff like that. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, Little Miss Hot Mess was officially born um, in San Francisco in the late twenty. 20- the late 2000s um okay. and i've been performing ever since um everywhere from you know gay bars to drag queen story hour to museums to saturday night live oh. all these different places so oh. i've had a pretty i think exciting career for a drag yeah. performer um and i feel like i've really gotten to watch you know drag have its moment as an art form again i feel like it, it comes in peaks and or cycles yeah but it's exciting to see it get its due again yeah can I ask how just because I watch it and I've watched it religious religiously and as a drag queen I'd like to just you know ask this question how do you feel about RuPaul's Drag Race are you are you like do you feel like it's a it's been good for the drag community the stock you- answer <laughs> is that I feel like it's great for the drag community <laughs> I, I love no, 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 I mean, I, I watch it. I, I won't say I've seen every episode. I've seen almost every episode. There's a couple seasons where I like sort of petered out and there's one all stars yeah, that I never one. watched, but um, yeah. no, I mean, I, I think it's a mixed bag. I think it's great yeah. that it's elevated the form and sort of given it a platform within mainstream right. culture. And I think there's also drawbacks to that. You know, I think, yeah. um, it, it has become, it, it's allowed drag to become mainstreamed and commodified and, you know, to kind of become this, this one very particular form of drag that right. is one particular form, but doesn't necessarily right. incorporate the diversity within drag culture overall. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I love seeing all these queens. I love seeing queens get their coin and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I also think like for anyone who really wants to see great drag like you have to go to your local show and you have to see mm-hmm. your local performers because mm-hmm. that's really where the magic happens yeah yeah uh, can I ask it just a, a quick question do you feel like <clears throat> when you say it's become kind of mainstream this is this is going to be a little bit of a heavy question I'm sorry but this is please. just my my thought um do you feel like people want want to watch it as like a show and entertainment and and all of this without really respecting the culture and respecting the community and respecting the beliefs and things that go behind all of this. Yes and no. I mean, I do think there is a lot of respect and and celebration and veneration of the art form, but but yeah. I think it is just a particular slice of it. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny, before Drag Race became so popular, I would have said that I think part of the magic and specialness of drag is that it can't easily be commodified that it sort of has always been this underground culture that you know resists celebrity and resists like becoming a bajillionaire off of it and so in some ways RuPaul's Drag Race proves me wrong but in some ways (laughs) I I do still think I'm right like I still think that you know the the most innovative the most kind of balls to the wall exciting weirdo drag like you're still never going to see that on TV. And I think no, even right. with something like Drag Race, you can still see where they have to pull back a little bit or where yeah. they're not giving their all or where they're, you know, consciously making a, a choice to make it feel more sanitized or approachable. Right. So, 
which is great. You know, like we can have both, but yeah. I, well, they, they know, they know what they have to do to win is what it is. Exactly. You know, they're, they're on there and going like, this is a game. So right. I'm not going to, yeah, yeah. And I'm a believer. I, I am a believer that all drag in some ways is a form of competition, but like, <laughs> you know, any drag show you go to, there's always sort of the winners and the losers, or there's always the people you like, more <laughs> less, you know, yeah, right. um, but at the same time, yeah, it, it doesn't have to always be a competition and, and right. I think seeing it in that way and, and watching it for the drama rather than the artistry is yeah. sometimes too. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. Cause I, uh, I was, I love it because I love the runways. Like I love the lip syncing and the runways so much. Mm-hmm. And um, I would like, cannot wait to do that in person. Obviously. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but I, on top, well, getting into that, I was going to ask you're, you're saying support your local drag queens but like right now what would be the best way to do that because we can't go and that's got to be so hard to be out of work for as long as you've been yeah as long as we've all been yeah how are you doing this in this time i guess i mean i will say that support seeing people move to online performances has been really interesting and and i think has been it's shown a lot of creativity in of itself. I mean, I think that some of that has petered off as we've all like really felt the zoom fatigue and the Twitch fatigue and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, I think that drag was like truly one of the first things that I saw going digital Mm -hmm. over a year ago when we first started in this pandemic, right? Like suddenly people were on zoom, they were on Twitch, they were making these shows happen. They were, I raked in, more money and tips during digital shows than I ever do in some (laughs) of my regular shows you know Um, and and it was great too to see people experiment like at first at first a lot of the shows were kind of giving you this prompt they wanted it to feel as live as possible they wanted your video to be in one take and like not to use a lot of fancy special effects so that it had that kind of live performance feel but then I feel like a lot of them were like, wait, no, we can do so much more if we kind of allow all this kind of stuff and and experiment with filters and experiment with editing yeah. and kind of go the full like drag music video extravaganza. Yes. And, and it's kind Love of like that. mellowed out between and and yeah, so those those limitations as in all art forms and especially in drag can be such creative drivers of yeah. of pushing things forward. Yeah. Love that. Um, would you do you like get on TikTok or any of that? Or have I don't been... TikTok. I'm too old for TikTok, but yeah. <laughs> a lot of screens are. We're trying so hard for TikTok for the podcast, and I think we're oh. like uh, on the et- I don't know. Alicia Alicia's more cool like on it than I am, and I'm like I don't I don't. Yeah, no. I didn't I even try. try. Like I don't think it's a thing. I don't. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Right, us. right. It's like know your lane, <laughs> stay in your lane. Yeah. Right. The only TikToks I even watch are when friends send me links or they get reposted on Twitter right. or Instagram, but that's good. That's fine for me. I don't know. I mean, I do Instagram and I, I still do Facebook a little, which like, who am I? Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> just showing your age. I'm really showing your age. Yeah. Uh, no, I only, I only like, feel like my parents are um, too heavy into Facebook, so I just back out of there a little bit. Yeah. It feels like uh, the older generation took took hold of Facebook. That's it's like true. a town meeting, like anytime I'm on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I, in, in my sort of like day job, I teach media studies to undergrads and they, whenever they talk about Facebook, they talk about like old people or like middle-aged people <laughs> as if we're like dinosaurs. And I'm like, I'm, not, I'm old, but I'm not that old. And like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> 
Well, no, but even like, yeah, I, I can't, I don't know anybody younger than me that's on Facebook when I'm on it. I just feel like I don't see those people, but all I see are like my 60, 70 year old parents reposting and I'm like, I got to get out of here. I don't want to. Right. And then you're like, oh, of course this is like misinformation and it's all misinformation. It's like all this awful stuff. But it's like a cat. Right. It's like a cat poster saying like the vaccine's bad for you, you know, whatever it is. As I said, cats, you're a cat person, aren't you? I am right? Did I read that? Yes, I love cats. I have, I have two and my roommate has a third. So yeah, okay. they're all around me. Do they, what are their names? Uh, mine are Ginger and Frankie and then Ricky is a third. Yeah. Cute, cute. cute I like those. I those, those are cute names. Um, Sorry, I'm like rapid fire questions. I love it. No, uh, go for it. I am. <laughs> um, okay, you were on SNL. Was that, did I read, was that Katy Perry? Yes. You were like back up for Katy Perry? Yes, she she hired all these drag queens and club kids and ballroom performers to to back her up uh, for, oh God, I don't remember the name of the song, uh, Bon Appetit and uh, Swish Swish. And yeah, that was yeah. truly one of the coolest experiences of my life. Yeah. I kind of want to hear about it if you're, if you want to talk about it. <sighs> I mean, it was just amazing. For me, it was totally this thing that just like came out of thin air. It all happened within the span of a week. A friend of a friend who is a dancer was like, my agent is looking for drag performers for this gig, you know, get in touch. I don't really know the details. And like, I got in touch and it turned out that it was to back up Katy Perry on SNL. And <laughs> no big I was, yeah, yeah and, and, <laughs> exactly. No um, and yeah, so I'm a, I'm a grad student by day. And it was like the literally like, my last paper was due that day. So I like finished up the paper, sent it off, ran home, put on like 10 minute drag, went to this audition, had to like walk a <laughs> runway. Like it was all this stuff that's like also not really my drag. Like, you know, I'm a little campier right. and like goofier. And so like me walking a runway is like, I don't know, is like ridiculous as, as I can make <laughs> right. it. And, and they liked that. And, and yeah, then we rehearsed like all week and then suddenly we were on TV at the end of the week and, that's it was so yeah fun. i mean it was just great to like get to be in 30 rock and and yeah. meet all these folks and yeah yeah and then it was the season finale so we also got to go to like the biggest of the rap parties and oh, wow it was, it was really exciting cool. yeah oh my gosh was there was there anybody that you were that I didn't like didn't, <laughs> I loved everybody. Let no, I actually did love everybody. I mean, it was yeah, it was great. It was a great chance to meet a bunch of new queens. It was like I got to meet some of the cast. Um, yeah. Some cast members were more friendly than others, but I won't name names on that. Um, but and I got to meet Scarlett Johansson, who who helped me sort of sneak into the after party because they hadn't put our names on the list, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It was great. It was really cool. That's cool. So cool. How long ago was that? Uh, that was, I think, 2017, 2018. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go back to it. It feels like a million years ago, yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah, let's watch it. Great. We're going to watch yeah. it as soon as we <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, so you lived in New York. It sounds like you, did you, you say you started drag in San Francisco? Or are you uh, San I Francisco? grew up in upstate New York, and then I moved to San Francisco, and then I moved back, and then oh, I moved to LA, okay. so kind of bounced around a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, San Francisco is kind of, it feels uh-huh. like my hometown, They're definitely drag wise, but also just sort of like where I grew up as a person. Do you think you'll, yeah, I get that. Do you think you'll go back there ever? Or? I mean, I go back all the time, or at least pre-pandemic, I go back all the time. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if I'll ever yeah. move back, yeah. but it's, it's definitely, that's where my heart is. 
Yeah, I love San Francisco. Yeah. It's, yeah. Good. it's a good place. It good is. shit. <laughs> Real good shit. Mm. I've only been there. No, that's not true. I went for my friend's wedding. He got married a couple years ago, and I went, drove, flew to San Francisco, and then drove down the coast on the PCH. Beautiful. And that's literally what I was like, okay, I need to move out here. Right. Like, it's going to happen. Right. And right. then, no, we made go. it out here. Yeah, here, here we are. <laughs> here we are. Um, wait, so you moved out to LA recently? or I've been here almost three years. Oh, three years. Okay. Yeah. So, Drag Queen Drag Queen Story Hour started in New York, correct? Drag Queen Story Hour started in San Francisco, actually. San Francisco. Yes. Okay, okay. Tell us all about Drag Queen Story Hour, because I'm so excited about getting this to our listeners and our community as well, and their, their babes. Yeah, so Drag Queen Story Hour started in San Francisco in 2015. Um, yeah. it, it started, uh, it was started by... Michelle T, who is a queer author and kind of like cultural organizer, um, who was running an organization called Radar Productions at the time. And so she, alongside with sort of the incoming leadership, Huli Delgado, Lopera, and Virgie Tovar started Drag Queen Story Hour. Um, and Michelle like had recently had a kid and, and you know, was going to story hours and feeling like they were kind of bland and, and feeling like there weren't a lot of spaces that brought queer culture into kids' lives. Yeah. And so, you know, had this idea that like, every time I think back on it, I'm like, of course, like it, it's one of those ideas that's that's both so obvious and also requires that level of genius to say like, this is yes. such a crazy idea, it just might work. Um, and so, yeah, it started in San Francisco with queens uh, like Persia and Honey Mahogany um, and Grace Towers and Yves Saint Croissant. And then it kind of just started expanding. So yeah, I like to give credit where it's due. And um, (laughs) yeah, so then, you know, a bunch of us sort of started a chapter in New York and then Michelle moved down to LA and gathered some queens here. And then, you know, different cities and and a lot of smaller towns too kind of just started popping up all around the country and all around the world. And so at this point, we know we're now like an international network of these different chapters. There's I think more than 50, mainly in the U.S., but we also have about a dozen in Mexico. We have a bunch in cities across Europe. There's one in Tokyo. Um, I think there's some other Latin American countries that have done one-offs, and uh, it's really exciting. And and now we're trying to sort of do the work to bring everyone together and, you know, learn from each other and write grants so that we can make this even bigger and bigger and, you know, have a drag queen in every library and every classroom yes. and every bookstore that wants it and, and really take over the world as much as possible. I love that. I love oh that. my gosh. I love that so much. I, I, I'm curious as to uh, what, like, have you, when you were in person, were there um, reactions from parents or questions that you got that were interesting or that showed that people really didn't understand what drag queens were uh, and then on top of that, like, what were the, what would the kids say? Was it anything that surprised you? Right. I mean, I think that most of the events that I did, they're they're kind of opt in, right? Like, parents are bringing their yeah. kids because they want them to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We I've done some school visits where you know maybe some parents held their kids back that day or didn't want them mm-hmm. to participate. But I think in general, the the feedback is like overwhelmingly positive right, and. Right. The most exciting part to me is when kids ask questions because they are, they're often so specific and they're so like curious, you know, like they ask, how do you get all that glitter to stick to your face? Or why, why are you wearing so much makeup? Or like, is that your real hair? Or, you know, uh, like they, they want to like 
point at all the sequins that fell off of your outfit yeah. on the floor or they want to like touch your rings or you know all these sorts of things and and you know it's a lot of stuff where it's like if you were in a club it would be like don't touch my hair don't yeah you know uh, yeah, like all this right. kind of stuff but like if a kid asks you're reading my like, outfit talking right about right <laughs> but like kids kids they're not coming from a place where they're trying to read mm-hmm. you they are genuinely right. curious and and they want to know and they want to be part of it and and it's exciting to sort of let them into that world a little bit. And, you know, I don't give away all the secrets, obviously, but it, right, it is nice course. to get to kind of let them into the magic a little bit and, and not not sort of be that magician who won't reveal the tricks. Yeah. You know, I think right, part of drag right. is letting everyone in on the secret of it. That's yeah. really cool. I, I think that, um, I obviously I've said I watch drag queens, or I draft, watch drag race, so my son is with me. Mm-hmm. Um which is like Alicia knows that I love Drag Race, which is where this book came from. She actually bought it for Owen, oh. but didn't really, really bought it for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but he, it's funny because he'll put my shoes on and he'll be like, "I'm a drag queen." I'm like, "You are." I made up a name for him. Oh, what's the name? Um, his name is Iona Mink. Yes. Iona Mink. Yes. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I don't think I've ever uh, met an Iona, which is kind wow. of shocking. No. Right. That would be you know, su- yeah. That sounds like such a standard. I there. I mean, I'm sure there are some out there, but I, right, I haven't come right. across any. Wow. I was I was thinking of it. I'm like, because it's I own. You know, you own something. I own it. And right. I'm like, what is this baby gonna own? And I, I have like my mom's mink, so I made this whole story up for him. Oh, I, I actually that. was like, I maybe this needs to be a little character in a book. I don't yes, know. Anyway, yes. I, yeah. um, I love that. But anyway, that's where that's where we we mm-hmm. found you. So amazing. Um, My friend actually, she is pregnant right now, and her mom. She just posted that she got your book from her mother. And oh, and I commented God, on it, and cool. I was like, "Oh my God!" I was like, "We're actually going to have her on the podcast next month." So she's going to be really excited. But I think it's you know obviously I think it's really important, and because I know Sarah embraces that culture and respects the culture so much, I thought it was important for Owen to start him young and what better book than yours thank you will you tell us a little bit about your book what what made you want to write it and how you wrote it how long it took all all the stuff yep uh about 30 seconds so, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean like I've been thinking about it for years right well yeah so the, the book for folks who don't know is called the hips on the dry queen go swish 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 and Really, it started as, you know, seeing a song with kids live in story right. hours. And and I mean, I joke that I came up with it in about 30 seconds, but it, I, I truly had the idea on the way to a story hour where I was sort of thinking, you know, we read the books, like we try to engage kids in some other things, but like, how can we bring even more of the kind of drag culture into it, you know, not just in terms of our presence, but in terms of, of the stuff that drag does right like drag isn't just about gender it's also about Mm -hmm. kind of exaggeration Mm -hmm. and taking things from culture and giving them a little bit of a twist and you know invoking camp and using humor to talk about things that might be difficult and and all these sorts of things and so you know a lot of drag queens work in forms of parody and satire some like make whole careers out of sort of spoofing different songs and so I guess it was sort of a natural fit to then think about what kids songs might lend themselves to drag and and yeah, I mean, I truly just remember sitting on the subway kind of thinking about what songs would work and, and thinking about the wheels on the bus and and all these so different good. things kind of hit me. And it actually wasn't until afterwards that I realized like just how well it lined up. Like I wasn't thinking about how the wipers on the bus go swish, swish, swish when yeah, I was right. writing the hips. I was just thinking about things that drag queens do and things right. that I'd want to see kids do in a way that, you know, kind of like pushes the boundaries a little bit that 
you know, as a kid, I was discouraged from doing things that were overly feminine. Although also my parents like put me in gymnastics and figure skating and theater and things like that. (laughs) But you know, like swishing your hips or snapping your fingers or shimmying your shoulders were like a little bit over the edge. And so I wanted to create a space where kids could do that and express themselves and feel safe and comfortable doing that. So, so that's really where those things came from. And, and yeah, then it, you know, we realized like we're reading books to kids and we should have books about drag queens that kids can take home and, and learn from on their own. So it was kind of just a natural progression to to get that into the world. Okay, so I'm obsessed with, I'm like, first of all, I think, I don't know, Lish, if you like looked at, but there's the drag queens and their names in like the first two pages, right? Um, first of all, I'm going to get a video of this. I told Lish for the, uh, for the post, but like Owen knows who's who. Yes. So <laughs> I'll be like, uh, peanut butter gelée, and he knows. Like, <laughs> Mala Lucy, I, I just, I have like obsessed with their names. Um, but I think Elemento PP might be my favorite. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was such a fun process. I wasn't originally going to give them names. And then the illustrator was like, they need names. And I was like, of course they need names. And that was such a fun challenge. Again, to think about like drag is so much and drag names are so much about puns and, and bringing in that humor. And so thinking about mm-hmm. how to do that in a kid friendly way was, was fun. And yeah. there were a few that got canceled by, or not canceled, but that got, <laughs> you know, <laughs> rejected from my publisher for maybe being a little too far, but well, um, yeah, yeah Elemento PP, I think is, is right on that line. It's which so is where cute. I want to be. It's so, it's very clever. Um, real quick. And, and you don't have to talk about this if, you don't feel comfortable, but um, I just think it's because you mentioned your parents who um, kind of encouraged you to take theater and, and dance classes and ice skating and figure skating. Um, did they encourage you from a young age to kind of embrace whatever you were into? Just because parent podcast, I'm just thinking like, <laughs> right, how we, right. you know, how does, yeah. um, if you feel comfortable talking about that. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I would say yes and no. I mean, I think I grew up, I feel like I'm of that generation where, you know, like my parents were kind of like baseline accepting, but I, you know, I didn't come out till college. So like I, I grew up where there was a GSA in my high school, but I wasn't part of it. And, you know, my parents did sort of let me do these artistic and feminine things, but, but also like, you know, there was sort of still a lot of normative messaging around like, not right. wearing pink or or not going too far and you know my mom acted surprised when I came out which <laughs> should not have been a shocker to anybody um so, so I don't know like it you know it was kind of it was kind of on the fence in that way I, I think that they definitely instilled a lot of values in me around sort of creativity and self-expression um but I also think that in some ways I've always been a little bit of like the black sheep or odd one out yeah. in my family as well yeah. um yeah and and I mean I would say too that like, you know, I think my mom is excited to see a lot of these um, projects that I've done, but I, I also think like, you know, for folks of her generation, some of them just just still don't totally get it, you know, or or don't understand differences even between like being gay and being a drag queen, being a drag queen and being Mm -hmm. trans, like all these sort of different Mm -hmm. um, boundaries and labels that, that I think are often also very fluid, but, you know, raise a lot of anxieties about like, what, what is this or. Right. right. Yeah. If mean? you don't know, you don't know. I actually, I was telling um, Alicia yesterday, I think that I was talking, I don't even know. I was talking to somebody and I said, oh yeah, we're, I'm so uh, telling them about the podcast. I said, yes, we have a drag queen coming on. She wrote this book. And that person said to me, 
not transgendered. This is a person in their 50s, though. They said, oh, wait, sorry. Is there a difference between drag queen and transvestite? And I was like, oh, uh, transgender and like I had to I had to stop and go this person doesn't have any idea of that world because they're not I don't know you know I almost got really mad and I was like I can't get mad I just have to educate them <laughs> right, 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 right now teachable moment. <laughs> just yeah. gonna teach right, right. Um, but you kind of forget I don't know living in New York City living in LA where it's big you know I grew up in Ohio so I trust me I, Boston actually has a big drag scene actually yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. I, I don't I mean, know I if you like... know if, if you've been here but um I'm sure you have yes it's yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. it's a, it's a good scene it's small but it's big in the small places right 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 right, <laughs> right. but yeah I just I just thought it was interesting that uh, it, I just kind of forgot that people didn't understand or that uh, we're so far removed from it might need to know more about what it meant right right mm-hmm. sort of thing yeah and I mean and I also think it's one of those things too where it is important to have a sense of the differences and it's also important to not get so hung up on labels and and everything. And yeah, Yeah. there are a lot of people who are trans and drag performers or, you know, who are X, Y, and Z. And so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not, not being so rigid about it is also important. Yeah. Takes the fun out of it a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Have you been to Boston? Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I haven't been in a hot minute, but um, I did spend a summer in Boston in college actually. You know, using fake IDs to get into clubs and things yeah. like that. Um, so I, I know. I mean, that was a million years ago. So I haven't, I haven't seen a drag show there in a long time. But I do have some friends who came up in Boston, and that's yeah. Jacks yeah. is one of the places that yes. I've been to um, a few times with my good friend Caleb, and so yeah, it's, it's I remember Jacks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I actually recommended somebody to go there a couple of weeks ago, and then I'm like, I don't actually think right now, but. Right, right. <laughs> Eventually, eventually. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite place that you've ever performed? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I mean, I think that my home in terms of performing is The Stud in San Francisco, which... Um, I love that name. I know. <laughs> the Stud, they, they... So they recently closed their physical location due to the pandemic. Um, but it had been in operation since the 60s in a couple of different locations. And... Uh, the owner, the, the previous owner sold it in, I don't know, three or four years ago and it um, got taken over by a collective. So it was the first collectively oh. owned um, queer bar in the country. Um, and it, it's just, it has this wonderful history of sort of being, being on that like weirder end of the queer spectrum and and really, you know, being an inclusive space for folks of all kinds. And, um, you know, used to have a history of like, having rock shows and I think like Etta James performed there and, and all these folks wow. that performed there. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's really a special place. And, um, but yeah, I mean, besides that, I've, I don't know, I performed at SF MoMA. I performed at other museums. Cool. I've performed on the streets of Occupy. I don't know, like it's drag can really take you to so many different places. Yeah. And, and I think that's part of the fun of it as well. So fun. So yeah. it sounds like such a colorful world. You it know, really in, is in more ways than you know what you're wearing obviously <laughs> but i think that it is it sounds like it's a very colorful and um inclusive community for sure yeah what else you got sarah 
<laughs> you see me looking at my list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I keep butting in with these questions. The ones like, no, you, your questions are great. Ah. Your questions are great. My questions are like, uh, you know, down the list of things well, that I want to make sure we. I'm just, on. I'm just writing things down as they come up, and then I'm like, <laughs> I'm like let me just stop her real quick while we yeah, stop, <laughs> interrupt, interrupt. Um, oh, I. This is actually just a personal thing. You're, you're going to school right now. I am. I'm finishing my PhD. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. I just, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I would say I just submitted my full draft of my dissertation. So hopefully I'll be a doctor soon. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Yes. Good for you. Long road, but. Oh my God. How, like how long has it been? This has been six years, but you know, I did a master's for two and I did college for four. So it's like, I'm ready to finally hang up the mantle of being a student yeah yeah yeah, i imagine uh what so what will you be studying like what's your area uh my area is media and communication studies so i I mainly focus on sort of digital media and social media and and questions around that yeah and i and i study drag a little bit within that um thinking about relationships between drag and surveillance and and digital culture so for a long time i tried to keep it all separate and at some point, yeah. I had to admit that it was all going to collide into right. into a dissertation <laughs> and all this other junk. <laughs> How long was the dissertation? Uh, I think it was 250 pages in the end. Oh, my like God. Book. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, it will, my goodness. I'll keep revising and revising and revising until hopefully it gets published at some point. Yeah. yeah. Gosh. That's so awesome. So awesome. Congratulations awesome. again. Thank that you. is so that work. is worthy of snaps and claps and cheers yeah. that's awesome swishes swishes yes swishes. yes yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um oh so and i also want to just mention the um the uh artist sorry the illustrator of the book did such an amazing job too did you um how was that was that like you collaborated together or did, did you kind of give the freedom or what how how was that process it was a little bit of both so I I was lucky in that I got to have a lot of say in who we chose and I pushed really hard for someone who I liked um and I hadn't known um Olga de Dios's work before she was recommended to me by a friend um she's she lives in Madrid in Spain and most of her work is primarily in Spanish and so it hasn't necessarily appeared um in the U.S. and but yeah the second that I saw it I was like this is the person who I want to illustrate this book. And a lot of her other work is like monsters, like kind of like lovable monsters and creatures. And I, you know, a lot of the other options were like either very kind of like soft, like pastels, colored pencils, like cutesy, or like there's kind of that trend right now of like almost like sexy Bratz doll anime Disney princess Mm. kind of. And, Mm -hmm. and I was like, neither of those felt right. You know, I wanted I wanted bold. I wanted things that felt like it was coloring outside the lines that felt a little bit weird, but that was still approachable to kids. And I just felt like in her monsters, I could see, see these like, you know, proto drag queens. And um, Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I was so glad that she said yes. And then my publisher said yes. And at that, after that point, like she really took it up and kind of just came up with these amazing creations. I had sent her a bunch of sort of reference photos of, mainly drag queens from my community um 
Although I will say that any resemblances are purely coincidental. Yeah, I, was <laughs> say, I was actually going to ask you, are they based on Right, friends? right. Um, they're, they're, yeah. They are, they are. I think some of them you yeah. can maybe see some more direct references than others. But right. um, but yeah, she just did such a great job of translating that. And, you know, she's, she's a queer illustrator. So I think she has experience, you know, in queer communities and in drag communities a little bit. And so kind of gets that. And, and yeah, you know, it was her idea to really also kind of bring out that sense of, of, of kind of building and of building this like parade that moves through the town. You know, I had sort of just included that line as a nod to the original song and it was her idea to have it get more colorful and sort of have these rainbows flow through it as the book progressed. And yeah, I, I absolutely love it. And um, I think I can say that there is a sequel in the works as well. Yeah. And so we're working on those illustrations Yay. now. So you heard it here first. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so it's it's yeah, it's just exciting to get to to dream up even more characters and yeah, and think of more outfits and yeah, think of new so scenarios fun. to put them in. So yeah, it'll be. I exciting. definitely get like a little Spanish vibe now that I'm looking at it. And you said that I mm-hmm. I. I feel like I definitely get that vibe, but it's also a very classic look. Like when you're saying like, if it was like that kind of Bratz doll over dramatized or over animated kind of look, it's like that might not relate in 20 years, but I feel like this is like a very classic. um, Yeah. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, when I think back to, to like the stuff that I watched as a kid or, or read as a kid, you know, like I think about like the Muppets and I think about, like Fraggle Rock and I think about like Rugrats and like I don't know I feel like there's yeah probably there's other things that I'm not even thinking about that there's this great book by Eureka's Castle yes oh my god I love Eureka's Castle I was probably too old for that but maybe I watched it with my younger siblings but um yeah and like uh um oh there I didn't I don't think I read this as a kid but um there is a great book called it's either called Wig or Wigs written by some of the members of the B-52s that like was also a reference for this. And yeah, just that kind of like, you know, weirdo, weirdo vibes is what I wanted. And I feel like what we got. I love it. I love it. I'm so into it. I started following Olga after I got the book I had yeah. and I was I saw the little monsters and I was like, Oh, it's so good. Yes. It's so yes. good. Yes. Yes. I'm also I have like a deep obsession with Spain. <laughs> so anything coming out of Spain, I'm like, yeah. I gotta, gotta check out all her books and I don't know, there's part of me that's like I want I, I want to save her for myself and I want you know yeah. my books to be special, but I also of course want her to like blow up in the US as much right, as possible right. too. Right. Yeah. Oh, speaking of blowing up, I saw that Jesse Tyler Ferguson mentioned Yes, that was so Ooh. exciting and totally, totally out of the blue. I I literally, like, I have a Google alert for myself and usually I ignore it because usually it's garbage and I don't know. I This I don't know if if it's a coincidence or if it is somehow related to me, but there's, a, there's like, a horse, like a racehorse named Little Miss Hot Mess. Uh, so a lot of times wow. I get stuff about racehorses. Stop it. Um, like, and so, I you know, like, I kind of like, like through, right, exactly. It's like, <laughs> yeah, Little Miss Hot Mess and, like, Green Apple or whatever the stuff oh, well, also, like. But then it goes to Hey Girl at like that. It goes that well because the alert like is about- just for Little Miss Hot Mess, so it just pops up or whatever. Yeah. Oh, so anyway, okay. so like usually I kind of ignore them, and I just happened to look, and I was like, oh wait, this seems legit. And then I looked, and there it was. And 
yeah I mean I was so excited because I'm like that is press that money cannot buy and yeah I uh, think like right. I feel like you get right. a little bit see Ellen's disapproval or not disapproval but like it wasn't pre-approved you know there wasn't <laughs> there was, it's not SpawnCon yeah. and so I think that there might be a little oh, bit of a, right, a right, right. you know whatever but did he, I, well, but yeah. did he mention uh, the book he mentioned yeah. the book and they showed a video of him singing it to his kid, which was really cute, oh which I think gosh. is on TikTok as well. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, I guess maybe we'll, I should we'll post get on that TikTok. In our, <laughs> in our post on Tuesday too. Well, I, I was just going to say, if I, I maybe I can uh, reach out to my sister because she, my sister-in-law works for us. Oh, yes. Yeah, I, 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 I reached out to them to try to get them some copies, but I haven't heard back. But I did hear back from Jesse on, oh, on Instagram and he was very sweet oh, about it. He said cool. he gives it to his friends who have babies. So Aww. it's very sweet. I yeah. That. I also love, I love that he said, I'm raising my child gay. I know. <laughs> I know. It was so cute. And I'm like, that, and that's the energy. Like, that's the energy that we're trying to bring with Drag Queen Story Hour. You know, like, no, I mean, of course, not every kid needs to be gay or needs to be raised gay. But like, right. again, right. to bring in that camp to be like, it's not so serious. And like, yeah. you know, I, I think sometimes you know, as an organization, we do feel like we have to be careful and we don't want people to think that we're trying to convert kids or, you know, like we fall into the trap of responding to this awful homophobic, transphobic rhetoric. And it's like, no, we can joke about wanting to raise kids gay until they say they're straight, or we can joke about, you know, raising drag queens and training or all these sorts of things, because there's nothing wrong with that. And and the world would be more beautiful if we had more drag queens. Exactly. And it's just funny because it's like we raise kids to be straight until the until they say they're gay. So why can't exactly, we raise them the opposite way? Exactly. Like, don't you tell me. There's been that great <laughs> meme going around about the Lil Nas X video too, and like about you know like parents okay. worrying that it's going to turn their kids gay, and then you know saying like, well, if that turns them gay, then just like show them a like a Megan The Stallion video, and it'll turn them back or whatever, you know? And like, <laughs> yeah, like you know, I wish we had that much power, but we don't. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Hey. Well, that's, that's actually brings up a, a, a good question that I, because, I, okay, so it, when it, Sarah talks about Owen and, and, you know, how she's like, I'm raising a little drag queen, like, I, of course, love it. And I'm like, hell yeah, let's go. Right. But I wonder what it, what that says to other people about, like, I like that you said we shouldn't be afraid to say these kinds of things, or we shouldn't feel like it's like um, offending anybody or... Right. Or that it is okay if it does offend people, right? Like that's their prerogative if they want to be offended. Yeah. As long as we're not offending, you know, anybody in the community, I think is is the most important part. But I think, um, like by, you're saying by me, by me saying, um, raising a little drag queen, is that offensive? Is that like, yeah, like, like, because we just, because, you know, you just said like how it's, it's not, and we should embrace it and we should, um, do that. I just, I love that you said that because you never know. I feel like it's, it's a, yeah, it's, no, um, it's true. It's and not true. to me, right? Like I'm not thinking your Sarah's ever being offensive if she, if she's talking about that, but just for other people, I think that lines can get blurry and it's important for us to be respectful and whatever. I don't know. Right. I know what I'm trying to say. Maybe. No, it's yeah, I, I, no I know what you're saying. I'm like, I think that if, you know, and, and if I ever were, I, I yeah. do respect the community and if it were coming out that it was not, like, I definitely would, yeah. I would definitely yeah. want them to tell me, you know, yeah. so for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't think that there's anything offensive about that. And yeah, like you said, especially if it's coming from a respectful place and yeah, I mean, we, right. we raise, we raise kids to want to be all sorts of professions and, and there's nothing to say that, 
yeah, that drag queen is wanting to be a drag queen is any different than wanting right. to be an astronaut or right. wanting to be president or wanting to be a hairdresser, you know, like any, anything. And, and similarly, like you're saying that, you know, I, I, one of the things that drag does, I think when it, I, ideally when it, when it's sort of like doing its best work is, is to really challenge stereotypes about gender and to, and to just challenge the sort of, you know, binary construction of, of masculinity and femininity from the start, you know, I, some, I think some people see drag mm-hmm. queens as really kind of impersonating women um, or, right. you, you know, kind of like there is that kind of trope of female impersonation, but I think again, at its best drag is really about sort of undermining the sense that femininity belongs to anybody or that masculinity belongs to anybody. And it really kind of opens up a space where we can all play with all these sorts of different aspects of our lives and characteristics that may get coded one way or the other, but, but really they should be things that we can play with and they should be things that are available to anybody. And so, you know, in some ways drag queen story hour is Mm -hmm. in like a long tradition of like free to be you and me and like feminist consciousness raising and all these sorts of other things that are about, you know, just even the simple, simple kind of uh, disruption Mm -hmm. of like, you know, girls wear dresses, boys wear pants, girls play with dolls, boys play with trucks kinds of things. It's really yeah, just about so exploring important. that. Love it. love it so much. Can I ask you a little fun play. question real quick? So where did you, where did you learn how to do your, or do makeup? Or when did it start? Because I'm fascinated by, by <laughs> drag queen makeup. I'm like, I'm like, tell me everything. You don't have to give us the secrets, right, but tell me right. everything. She wants to I put mean, it on, right? Now. Please do <laughs> right. a tutorial. How long do you have? No, I mean, yeah. I'm I'm not a great person to ask because I I mainly taught myself, and it was really not pretty for a long time. And I've definitely upped my game, but I still feel like, you know, seeing some of these kids who are coming up now and who like you know, or watching Instagram and YouTube tutorials and just like hit the ground running and like already are like miles ahead of where it's taken me to get 10 years to be. (laughs) Um, But, but yeah, I mean, I think traditionally people learn from other members of their drag communities and, and, you know, one of the things that's exciting about drag is a lot of people have drag families Mm and, and traditionally like your drag mother is often the person who sort of paints your face for you first or puts you in drag first. Um, So for me, that wasn't the case. I just kind of started doing it on my own because I really wanted to do it. And I sort of got adopted later by a drag mother and, and, you know, have other people who I think of almost as like drag aunties or something like that. I was going to ask if you had a drag mom. I was like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And, and, but yeah, I mean, I think mainly I just, I, it was a lot of trial and error and it was a lot of like, okay, like I started with my like Walgreens makeup and I started with like the, you know, built-in eyeshadow applicator. And then someone was like, you really should probably get some brushes. And, you know, like, just like kind of working my way up and, and, you know, having someone, my friend Monistat kind of took me under her wing for a little while and was like, girl, you need to up your game. And so she taught me a little bit more about contouring and some of the basics, um, Although she might not actually appreciate that shout out because I don't know if she wants to be associated with my typical <laughs> mug. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think I do think that trial and error is an important part of it, regardless of whether someone teaches you or whether you're learning online or just yeah. sort of playing around. But um, yeah, for me, too, I would also say that, like, as much as the makeup is important. I, I've never thought of myself as like a look queen. I've always yeah. been more excited about the performance and the liveness of it as well. Do you love, are you, is, are you a lip sync queen? Do you love to lip sync? I do like to lip sync. Um, 
Yeah, and I and I'm a Capricorn, so I, like I like the planning, and uh-huh. I you know I'm a control queen. I also kind of came up um, actually when I first started doing drag, it was mainly with drag kings and like the okay, performers, cool. and so. And this is a bit of a stereotype, but it's one of those ones that's like a little bit true. So I'm okay kind of talking about it. But, you know, drag kings, I think historically, like there's there's a tendency to like use a lot of props and like have like a very elaborate narrative and like, you know, like have these very pre-planned numbers right. versus maybe like a little bit more of an improvisational kind of bent in a lot of drag queen performances. Right. Um, so I think I picked up on a lot of that. Like I really liked choreography. I really liked, yeah, like making props like and I like the crafty element too Mm -hmm. like I love you know like I love like painting props or or yeah just like constructing something and and having it not necessarily look realistic but like kind of building in that kind of like cheesy camp vaudeville phoniness into the numbers as well um so yeah I I really do like that aspect yeah so fun yeah yeah and that I will say that that's one of the things that I always feel like is lacking from drag race is that in most seasons at least you only see them really do lip syncs like when they're on the bottom right and I'm like the lip sync to me is it's not the only thing and I but it is sort of like one of the core elements of drag and 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 I think that the, the lip sync competition is an interesting format but like one of the reasons that I've never really wanted to go on drag race is because like, like I do like that planning yeah. and I, and I, and I think the challenges are interesting because they, they do offer that constraint, but like, yeah, I don't want to like get up there and lip sync after having 10 minutes. No. To like I want to like bring my whole drag bag on right. stage and right. like, you know, do this pre-planned number or, or a half plan number right. and, and throw in some improv in there as well. There's also a part of me that's like, do they, do all those drag queens have PTSD when they go back to live performing and have to lip sync? Right. Like- right. Right. <laughs> right. And I mean, but there are also plenty of queens who like, you know, just are, they're like on fire when they're lip syncing you could put on any track and they'll just like hit it and they'll work the room and they'll collect their tips and and that that isn't quite my style of drag like I do need a little bit more of a base to like get up there and know what I'm doing right before I get up there what's in your drag bag (laughs) oh I mean (laughs) at this point it's like multiple closets and and everything but I mean and it's like gone through so many iterations but yeah I mean it's it, it does tend to be a lot of props um I, you know, I, I always say that, like, I don't think of myself as a character. Some, some people really kind of, like, construct a persona, but mm-hmm. I, I think of Little Miss Hot Mess as, like, just being various different aspects of my personality okay. that kind of shine differently in different yeah. contexts. But but I will say that, like, in some ways, I, I'm always, like, a combination of, like, bat mitzvah girl and, like, bat mitzvah bubby. Like, it's, like, it's like kind of, like, in between, you know? Like, I've been watching The Nanny again. It's, yeah. They just put it back oh on gosh. HBO Max. Hallelujah. And and I'm, like, yep, this is my aesthetic. It's, like, that. It's, like, that Midler. You know, like, it's it, it, there is, like, a schmaltzy, campy, pseudo vaudeville, but also kind of, yeah. like, tap dance at a talent show kind of vibe as well. I love that. Yeah, I can. I see the Bat Midler. I totally see the Bat Midler too. Yeah, yeah. The the trans. If you've ever seen Beaches, the transformation of Maya Bialik to Bat Midler. That's my drag, right there. It's like perfect. Step ball change, right there. (laughs) Step ball change. Oh my god. Well, I mean, do you have anything else that you wanna? 
tell the community or talk about before we kind of like wrap up and let them know where to find you and how to get your book and all the all the good stuff good question i'm trying to think if there's anything major that we haven't talked about um i mean i guess the one thing that i will just say is that you know i think we'll hopefully it seems like the world is starting to open up a little bit again and and hopefully we'll have more shows and and story hours in person but um you know in addition to doing digital drag performances in a more kind of club setting we also have been doing drag queen story hour online as much as possible and so um, I think that that's also been a, an exciting way to expand the program and to be yeah. able to reach people in places that might not have, um, you know, local chapters who are doing the work right. um, and, and to sort of be able to expand into places where that might not be as possible. Although, you know, part of what I think is beautiful about Story Hour is that it is in a lot of rural communities and red states and places yeah, where I think, awesome. you know, it's really needed and it really, it really is on the front lines of creating social change. So. Yeah. I love that. Uh, Alicia, did you have any questions before I, before I wrap No, up? I was actually just looking up to see if um, my favorite bookstore carries your book, and they do. So I wanted Yay! to make sure that maybe Yay. we can get a little <laughs> plug for, for um, where they can buy it, because it's a local Black-owned bookstore in, in Brooklyn that I love, and they're fantastic. So Amazing. they have it. That's exciting. We'll have that on our post yeah. then. But I don't have um, anything else, I don't think. Okay. I was just going to say, uh, since we're talking about Drag Queen Story Hour online, where can they find it yeah. and, and and how? Yeah, so dragqueenstoryhour.org or at dragqueenstoryhour on Instagram uh, or look on Facebook. Um, we're on Twitter, but not very active on Twitter. <laughs> but uh, yeah, follow, follow our Instagram. And we, we do a lot of um, Instagram and Facebook lives. And then, oh, you know, cool. all of our chapters also produce their own events. So some are on Zoom, some are on other platforms. Uh, but chances are any given week, there's a few different options of, of ways awesome. that you can tune in. So it's really, it's really exciting. And and also getting to see some of like the regional variations and, and how different performers, you know, take up reading stories can be really exciting as yeah. well. So, yeah. so support your local queens and also use this moment to support local queens somewhere else. Yeah. That's one right. of the great yeah. things right now. Yeah. It's pretty cool. You can kind of touch more people this way, yeah. even though yeah. we all miss the in, the live, the real thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, know, I was just going to say, you got to let me know when you're performing again in the world because I'm in LA and um, yeah, maybe Alicia, Alicia might be here too. So yep. Yep. Too. Please Yay. let us know. We would love to go together. That would be yes. so much yes. fun. Yes. 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 Um, and then for your book uh, and where to find you specifically. Yeah, find me, Lil Miss Hot Mess. It's L-I-L, Miss Hot Mess, uh, on all the social media. And my book should be available whenever books are sold, wherever books are sold. Uh, so yeah, I always encourage people to support their local bookstores, or, and especially local Black-owned bookstores, like you mentioned. Um, or you can go to bookshop.org, which okay. kind of aggregates yeah. local bookstores. Um, yeah. Or, and also ask your local library to stock it, or to, to purchase it so that everyone can Love find that. it. Um, and, and ask your local library to start a story hour if you don't have one already. I mean, that's one of the beautiful things about about the program is that as much as we're building this organization, it's also an idea that all you need is a drag queen and some books in a space and, and bring some kids in. And it's surprisingly easy to put together. Yeah. So the more the merrier, for sure. I, I, I really love that idea. Thank you for saying that because I'll, I'll go to our library here. I mean, our library is open right now. Are they open? Ours, ours aren't, right? Ours, I don't think ours are, but um, a lot of them you can do curbside pickup and things like that. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Really cool. just, just start a just start a, a curbside story hour. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, some yeah, some places <laughs> are starting to do outdoor events, so I think we'll start to see more of that. Oh, that's that's fantastic. That's good. And yeah. the weather's yeah. nice. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thank you so much Thank for you. sitting with yeah. us. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me and yeah, yeah for posting about the book before. Yes. And it's, that's one of it. I don't know what people did before social media when they, know. you know, like some, now it's like you, yeah, you can connect with all these people. I, I loved it. I seriously, I told Alicia like immediately it was when you messaged me after I like, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. So cool. She was so excited. <laughs> so excited. Yay. And I was so excited because I know yes. how much. This means to her and um, just thank you for, for being open to coming and hanging out with us. It was really yeah. nice talking yeah. to you. Nice getting to know thank you. Thank you. It was so great to chat with you as well. So good. And we can't wait for this episode awesome. to air and everybody to find you and your books. Yeah. So Same. Thank you. All right. Well, All right. Well, have a good rest of your afternoon. You too. Thanks. Thank you so much. All right. We'll take care. Bye. Yeah. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Yeah, that was so fun. I have so many questions. I know. I loved your questions. We're so good. I always feel like I, 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 I'm like, I don't know what I'm like, what questions I have. And then I, and then I get all excited and I'm like, ah, <laughs> and I'm like asking too many questions and deep questions, making people no, think. I'm like, oh. I was so glad for your deep questions. Cause I'm in, I'm over here. Like, tell me about this. Tell me about this. Tell me about this. And you're like asking the real hard hitters. I'm like, thank God for you. Oh, my invasive uh, personality. I'm I sorry. love, I just love it. Oh, it's the good things. I mean, that's the stuff we want to talk about too. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, as long as she was comfortable talking about the stuff, yeah. I think it's great for our community to to hear that. Yeah, um, she was so fun. Oh, I just love her. That's so exciting. Um, it, it is important, and I like, and I like that. Um, that's what they're doing is just bringing bringing this this community to young kids. I think is so cool, and and hopefully we'll start kids from a young age to learn to be more accepting. You know. Yeah, introducing yeah. introducing different cultures at a young age is so important. So I really respect and admire the fact that they do these storytelling um, story hours. It's really cool. Me too. I'm I really know. into it. I really like it. Me too. Well, it's it was funny because it was such a uh, when it was at my friend Emily uh, who brought it up to me when Owen was like brand new. And she's like, you need to go do this. And I had no idea it existed. Yeah. If she would have never told me that, I would have never known. And we obviously we didn't get to go, but it was just that idea that, oh my God, that's so cool. So that cool. they're bringing it out. Like the, the I don't know, just not, not that mainstream is the word I want to say, but just to, to allow children to see that they can be anything and to give them more opportunities to see themselves in people or things or, you know, I just think that's so important. So important. Very well said. So, but yeah, so that was Loma's Hot Mess. Yeah. It was really exciting. Such a good episode. Conversation, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good episode, guys. Such a good episode. Oh. You love this episode. And if you really love this episode, what you should do is go on to Apple Podcasts and write us a review. Leave us five stars. Tell us, you know, what you love about us, um, how much you love us, how much you can't live without us. And it'll help us out a ton and we joke, but it really, it means a lot to us. Um, so go do it right now. Yeah. And if you haven't listened to last week's episode, get, get your butt on it and go mm-hmm. listen to last week's episode as well. Cause that was also a really, yeah, uh, really good conversation. Um, yeah. and you know what we need? We need spill the wine. We oh, need we some do. people yeah. to spill their wine. Spill the wine. Spill it up. 
babies. So, uh, or spill it down, spill it all around. <laughs> spill it up, spill it down, spill it all around. <laughs> ah, look, Santa. That could be a kid's book too. Uh, yes, friends, humans, you. Mm-hmm. If you have a story, uh, we need it. Share it. Uh, again, you can record yourself on your phone and email it to us at hello at hittingthebottlepod.com. Or if you don't feel comfortable speaking um, your words into existence, we will do it for you. And you can email us your story written and we'll read it on the, on the pod. Um, but you know, you know how much we love getting your stories out here for everybody to hear and um, so people can relate and know that they're not alone. That's what we're here for. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Anything else? Mm. Okay. <laughs> Not that I can think of. <laughs> uh, oh. For fuck's sake. <laughs> swish your beverages. Oh, don't swish your babies. <laughs> Sake, shake your beverages. Not your babies. Love you. Bye. Time to hit the bottle, Dan. <laughs>